Woman Rights with Century Lion and Otterau and Enon. Welcome everybody to the Woman Right Podcast. I'm your co-host, Sintia Lyon. Thank you guys for tuning in in today's episode and thank you also for listening to the previous episodes. If you haven't done so, don't worry because they're actually still available. We're going to have an informative topic today, so please stay tuned. Hey everybody, I am your co-host, Enainon Otterell. As Sintia has already mentioned that we'll be having a very informative topic what we'll be talking about today is mental health. This is something that affects our daily living, our relationships, and physical health. So we'll be dwelling deep into that. I hope you guys will enjoy. Please stay tuned. Mental health refers to mental, behavioral, and emotional well-being. Conditions that can affect a person's mental health include stress, depression, and anxiety. So finding the balance in life can preserve a person's ability to enjoy life. Social and financial circumstances, biological factors, and lifestyle choices can definitely shape a person's mental health. We all have a risk of developing a mental health disorder, regardless of our age, our gender, or ethnicity. Mental health is a state of having a balanced and emotional well-being in the absence of mental disorder. It affects how we think, how we feel, how we act. So it also helps us determine how we handle our stress and how we make other life choices. So it's always very important to make sure that you have a balanced mental health. The common risk factors for mental health condition can be the social media pressures or having limited financial means. By social media pressures, I mean, this is one thing that I always suffer with. That's why at times I really just try to cut off from being in social media pages. Every time one gets into Instagram, I hope you can also relate to this. You think you haven't made it in life. Like you stress a lot. You even try to think, oh, what is it that you're doing wrong? People at the age of 21, they're already prospering. But you haven't. So that's one thing that can disturb one's mental health. So, yeah, that's what we face. And the other one is having limited financial means. I mean, we all want to have money. We all want to afford certain things. But if you, have, if you don't have the money yet, you kind of stress a lot and try to do things that are out of line just to get money, which is not even necessary for you to do that. So we really need to get those things. If those things are your triggers, if getting into social media is your trigger of being stressed, I think it's best if you can cut off those things and hang around with people that you feel like they've made it um, before you. You can still cut off those people. I think I've seen a tweet that says you shouldn't hang around with people that are not on your level yet because that kind of makes one to stress a lot. You feel like you are being pressurized and like you just feel unnecessary pressure from those people. So it's really important to be in line with people that are of your level although it's not really a transmit that you can be friends with people that are already wealthy but don't really hang around with them if that stresses you a lot or it gives you pressures I think I sort of I actually disagree with you because um the reason why I say so is if that is where you headed and they've already gone there then they can be able to give you the directions. I'm not saying they're going to obviously give you the directions straight to your vision or your dreams, but they can help you because they've been there. This thing of asking for directions from people who have never been where you're going is not going to help you. So it's up to a person to decide, are they going to use those pressures for the good 
off of the bad. It's either they're gonna you're gonna use it to motivate yourself to get there, they should inspire you. Or you're obviously then gonna take it as you're trying to compete with them. And when you're trying to compete with them, that's when it's gonna become stressful to you because you're not on their level yet. So mm-hmm. hanging around them to you is a competition of you're trying to do better. This is when you find people buying expensive clothes when they actually can't afford them because you are letting the pressure get to you in a negative way. Instead, mm-hmm. accept that you are not on that level yet. And if they're generous enough, they'll buy you those things. But then for you to suffocate. So I think it depends on how you take the pressure. It's either no. you're going to take it and use it as motivation or you're going to mm-hmm. take it as competition. If you take it as competition, it's definitely going to affect your mental health. factors that can affect your mental health can be being surrounded by toxic people or being surrounded by negative people in your family or even if you're from a good family but things are just not going well on your family side you're trying to be okay but things are not okay maybe you're facing death maybe there's deaths or death or illnesses or there's just uh, a fight between your parents or maybe you as a person, you're, fa- you're facing marital problems or you're facing illnesses. There's just a lot of things that can affect your mental health. So you need to be able to maintain your mental stability at all times. So the common mental health disorders that we find include anxiety disorders where people experience physical restlessness, fatigue, tense muscles, and interrupted sleep. We also find panic disorders. People with a panic disorder experience regular panic attacks. We also find people with OCD. OCD stands for obsessive compulsive disorder. People with OCD have obsessions and compulsions. They experience constant stressful thoughts and a powerful urge for them to perform repetitive acts. It could be Good repetitive acts, it could be bad, but in most cases, it's bad. We also find people with PTSD, which stands for post-traumatic stress disorder. This occurs after a person has experienced a traumatic event, for example, rape. They may constantly feel endangered or keep reliving the traumatic experience. So that is PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. We also find this common one as well which is called mood disorders. Mood disorders, this is when a person's mood significantly fluctuates. So when they are happy, they are extremely happy. And when they are sad, they're extremely sad. So two examples of mood disorders include major depression and bipolar disorder. Major depression is a constant low mood, prolonged period of sadness. Bipolar disorder would be unusual changes in your mood and energy levels so when you have an extremely high mood we call that a manic phase and when you have extremely low mood we call that a depressive phase but what are the possible signs that one can be having a mental disorder let's check them out firstly you start withdrawing from your friends or your family you try to isolate yourself as all times secondly you avoid doing the activities that you always do thirdly you sleep too much or too little or you eat a lot or you don't eat at all you start feeling hopeless and you have consistent low energy 
and you try to use mood altering substances like alcohol or nicotine more frequently or you're thinking of causing physical harm or just cutting yourself and other and the other thing is that you yell at people or you fight with people for no reason so i actually have a personal experience with a mental health disorder for in particular one of the mood disorders. So I said there are two examples of mood disorders. There's a major depression and a bipolar disorder. Uh, Fortunately, it wasn't bipolar, but it was depression, which is a prolonged period of sadness. I was going through a lot at that time, and I felt like everything that I was working on and trying to focus on was basically crumbling down. It's like trying to hold up this side of your life, and the other side starts falling apart. Then you try to hold that part, and another part falls apart, And yeah, eventually everything just looked like it was crumbling down and I didn't know what to do anymore. It's like basically being thrown into a well, right? And you deep the inside, there's no water, there's nothing. You don't know how you're going to get out. There's no ladder, there's nothing. So you basically need somebody or something to pull you out. So yeah, for me, that was actually my rock bottom. I would like to encourage people to seek help so one thing that i did was i never seeked help guys i was stubborn now that i'm out of it i can actually look back and say it was depression but the time i was actually going through it i refused to put that label of depression on it and i think it also was influenced by the black community like if you say you have depression it seems like it's this major thing you know, this taboo, the black community. So I also refused to put that title or that label of what I was going through. But I knew I had the symptoms. I knew that this has to be depression, but I refused to accept it. So I would like to encourage people to do things differently, not the way I did. But basically, when I was going through that time, um, yeah, I would definitely isolate myself. Um, I wouldn't want to do the activities that I enjoyed doing. I would sleep a lot because I like basically I'm trying to run away from my thoughts and run away from the situation that I was facing. So I would sleep a lot. Um, some days I wouldn't attend lectures because I just I wanted to avoid people. I didn't want anybody in my space. I didn't want to talk about it. Um, I didn't even want to go for therapy. Like I just my way of handling things was definitely not the best way. Um, so I used prayer and church as a way of getting out but the thing is i want you guys to understand also that we all go through different problems our problems are not the same so you might actually be experiencing something that's much heavier of of weight than what i went through Hmm. so don't think oh you can also get out of it through prayer and going to church you might not be able to get out of it through that alone because maybe your problem is much heavier than what i went through Hmm. you know Maybe yours actually needs therapy. It also needs prayer. It also needs for you to take antidepressants. Yours might need way more than just prayer. You know what I mean? Mm. So don't handle it the way I did. Really seek help. But thankfully, I was able to make it out. And I also have a secondhand experience. I had a roommate um, three years ago Mm. who actually was bipolar. So when she was happy, she would be extremely happy. And when she was sad, she'd be extremely sad. And her mood would 
significantly fluctuates in a matter of minutes or seconds. Mm-hmm. I remember one time we were we were in Cape Town, so we went to the Grand West for ice skating. We had an awesome night. She was happy. We were having a great time. But now it was time for us to go home. So as we are approaching the car, she's no longer talking to us. Her mood is so low. You know, I was just like, you know what's happening? And I was with my friend as well. So my friend didn't know what was going on with her. Mm-hmm. Then I told her, I was like, um, she actually has like a bipolar disorder. So her mood drops like very low, like from a high, it falls very low. Mm-hmm. And she just doesn't want to talk. She doesn't want to participate in anything anymore. Mm-hmm. So don't be harsh on her. Just understand. So it's very important that we also communicate. If you have a disorder of some sort, communicate that with people or with the people close to you so that they know and they learn how to handle you. Mm. Because, for example, if you told me she had that bipolar disorder, right, Mm. then I probably would have resented her. I would have been mad. And why are you always moody? What's your problem? You know what I mean? But because she had told me that she's suffering from this thing, I had to now educate myself and learn how to handle her, especially when she's on an extreme low, mm. that depressive phase. I had to learn how to handle her when her mood drops. I'd have to learn how to give her space, not be mad, because I understood that she was going through a mental health disorder. Mm. That was so hectic. I'm so happy that you got out of the situation, though. Actually, now that you're talking about it, I've never had a personal experience before, but you just reminded me of a girl that I was in high school with. She was so moody, but now that you are talking about it, I can tell that she probably had a bipolar disorder, but we didn't know about that. Every time she came to school, when she's happy, we'll accommodate her, and then when she's not, we'll just leave her and be like, okay, it's one of those days. So we didn't really know because she didn't say it to us. So we'd just tell her that, ah, when I, today you're like this, tomorrow you're like this, you can't handle this type of a person. Like, there's no way I can't be friends with you if you're going to be like this. You need to change. So mm. if I knew earlier, I probably would have treated her better. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. That's the thing about this is that Sometimes, like, when is it too much? I feel like some people are just moody out of attitude, mm. right? Mm. And then there are those, because this one, a mood disorder is when your mood fluctuates significantly. Mm. I'm not talking about, like, a minor mood swing. So that's the thing. There are those friends who have, like, minor mood swings. You're not even sure if it's a mental health disorder or if it's attitude. Mm. Mm. or Because sometimes you might be, on for example contraceptives and that has a huge impact on your hormones right so now sometimes you get confused if this is an attitude problem or hormones are they pmsing but then this was something that's why i'm like it also takes the person finding out what it is and because we are from the black community for us okay she was colored so with them they are more open to you know, these other things, I guess. But for us in the Black community, like having a mental health disorder is a, I don't know, how can I, how to explain it? Yeah, it's basically a taboo. So imagine as a Black person, now you go around telling people that you have bipolar. Like, yeah, wouldn't take people are, <laughs> they're not going to take it seriously and they're going to look at you as though you cursed. Yeah, yeah. 
True. <laughs> you said you would have treated the girl differently had you known that she might have been suffering from a mood disorder. Mm. But what if she herself didn't know she was bipolar at that time? Because yeah, maybe her I parents... Wanted, I wanted to ask that, does one really know if they're suffering from it or they have to get it from someone? Like, does one have to tell them that I think you are like this? Or do they know? Because I feel like it's more of maybe if you're a jealous person, you wouldn't notice that you're a jealous person. But I have to tell you that I don't like the kind of person that you are because you're always jealous. Like at times you don't even notice there's things happening on you. Someone has to tell you. So I wanted to know if does one really know or maybe she was told by you to tell her that I feel like you're always having mood swings. what's happening with you. Okay, so I feel like it also goes with being honest with yourself, mm. right? Yeah. And it also goes with simply noticing. Because as you said, you might be a jealous person, but you don't see it. I know mm. a lot of us have flaws, flaws that we don't even know about. Like yeah. somebody might point out, you know, you always do one, two, three, or you always act this way. And then you're like, oh, I actually never noticed. I never paid attention. Because to, to you, that's your normal. Yeah. That's you. You know, so somebody might be might help you out by pointing it out that I think you're having problems with missing. So I don't know about her if um her mother or her parents or whoever pointed it out, or probably she was having these fluctuations way too much that she went to see a doctor, the doctor diagnosed her as having a bipolar disorder. Mm. So I don't know with her. But for me, I for myself at the time I was in depression, I, I checked out the symptoms. Um, and I realized I fall into this. This is where I am, you know, but I just didn't want to put that label on it. So nobody had to point it out for me. I had to be honest, because the thing is, I know myself and I have a very bubbly personality, but now all of that just changed rapidly. I'm an extrovert and all of a sudden I'm now an introvert in that moment. I don't want anybody near me. I just want to be alone. I don't, yo, it was just, I just really avoided conversation. Mm. I no longer want to go go to my lectures. I want to avoid everybody. I don't want to pick up my phone when it rings. I was just going through so much mm. because of the problems that I was facing. Like, I just didn't know what to do. I, you know, and at that time, my family was so far. They were provinces away. Mm. I couldn't just up and even go see them, mm. you know, because I was like, maybe being around people that, um, I love and that I know love me unconditionally was going to help me in that time. But I had obligations. I had commitments. So I had to honor those commitments and I had to stay where I was, um, which was Cape Town at the time. I had to stay there and go through what I was going through, you know, and honor my commitments. But at that time, I really just wanted to be close to family. But I had to be honest with myself. So for me, it was honesty that, girl, you've changed. You're not acting like a normal self. There is something wrong here. Yeah, so maybe with her from... sorry no thing maybe with the girl that you were talking about right yeah maybe she had this thing for a long time that she thought that's her natural self mm-hmm. maybe she doesn't have a problem or maybe she i don't know maybe she was blaming her family maybe for how she was acting Mm-hmm. She was justifying her mental health disorder but another thing that I don't like about black community the black community is that they would say she has demons 
So now how do you even find out that you have some sort of disorder that actually needs proper treatments if your black family thinks that if things are not normal, then all the time it has to do with being possessed? Hmm. Or if it's not even common. This is the type of thing that is not common. So... It's not something that you can find from every family, yeah. So we haven't really got to be taught about it. Yeah, okay, so what about you? Do you think you would do better as a a parent? Wouldn't you, because, you know, you also grew up in the Black community, wouldn't your first assumption be, I think this child is possessed. Let's take her to the prophet's to pray for her or him. Because I feel like that's the first thing we do. Yeah, yeah, true. Because that's, you know, what we think. And the thing is, I've realized that the youth of today, a lot of people are going through depression, hey? And I think it is very difficult for our parents because now they're realizing this is not a taboo. This has nothing even to do with demons. This thing is happening. And it doesn't happen to white people only. OCD, PTSD, panic disorders, these things are not white people's sicknesses because I feel like that's how, that's what we thought when you grew up, you know? Mm-hmm. Sicknesses, black people don't have these problems. We pray things away like that. Now, all of a sudden, things are coming to light. A lot of people, youth in the black community are deep in depression. Mm-hmm. What then? Oh, that's so true. Just like with the coronavirus, we're like, no, this, this, this sickness is for white people. There's no way a black person can carry this, or for rich people, rather, because they, they travel a lot. Mm. But it's not like that. It proves that it's actually not like that. Yeah. Yeah. But now that so I, I think... know, I don't think I'd be like that as a parent, honestly. <laughs> I wouldn't. I'd seek professional help for my kids. Yeah, I think it's time, especially as a Black community, that we unlearn certain things and learn new things. Mm-hmm. I think it's about time, or else we're going to destroy ourselves, we're going to destroy the our gen- friendships, our relationships, mm-hmm. and the generation to come. So being mentally healthy allows one to realize their full potential, to cope with stresses of life, to work productively, and make meaningful contributions to their communities. But it's always a bit difficult to maintain the positive mental health if you are always facing challenges in life. But it's very important to always maintain a positive mental health, and this is how you can do it. You should seek professional help if you need it. You should connect with other people. Don't isolate yourself. You should always stay positive. And you should always be physically active. I think I need to do this. I need to start exercising because I'm the laziest person ever. (laughs) And you should always help others. I think every time you help someone, it brings some sort of joy. I I don't know if it happens to me, but every time I'm helping someone or giving money to someone by the street, it gives me some sort of joy and I get home feeling like I did 
I, I contributed positively to the community in a way today. And mm. the other thing is that you should always have enough sleep and you should try to develop your coping skills if you're always having triggers to those things. Just like I said with the social media one, that if you are always triggered by Instagram, then your coping skill is not to log on into Instagram. Mm. Yeah. I agree with that. I think limiting your time on whatever triggers you, if it's social media, whether it's Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, WhatsApp, whatever it is, then mm. limit your time on that specific app. Yeah, true. Or stop doing because it. Yeah? I'm saying I'll stop using it. Entirely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm oh, well. sorry, girl, but I believe that. If it's becoming a problem, then I... Uh, no. For me, one thing is, there was a time where Instagram was a trigger, right? Mm-hmm. And... I would take breaks like maybe a week or two weeks. I would literally just delete the app so that I don't have it. You know, the temptation of just logging in. So then I'll delete the app, just take a break for a week or two, whatever, and then get it again. Now it's no longer a trigger because I don't know. I'm starting to realize, okay, first of all, I'm not in competition with anybody. My biggest competition is the person in the mirror. It's basically the person that I was in the past. That's my competition. And I'm also realizing that how many of us, okay, I don't live a fake life, right? But I'm only going to post my happy moments. I don't post when I'm going through difficult time. I don't post the fights and the arguments, the ugly things, you know, that I go. I only post those happy moments, those good moments. So that is what everybody else is doing as well. Okay, there are those obviously few people who actually post the ugly things um the things they go through but most people just post the happy moments so then now when i look at the app or when i look or go through it i'm not triggered because i'm just like oh my darling this is just a picture this person could be going through something oh my darling this is just a couple they could be really happy but they didn't just get there overnight they went through storms and tri- things that we don't even know tribulations that I probably might have not even survived. I don't know. So now it no longer it's no longer a trigger because I'm just like, this is not your full story. That person's account is not their full story. It's not who they exactly are or everything they go through. Mm-hmm. Just like when somebody goes through my profile, they won't figure out who I am just by looking at it. Mm-hmm. There's more to it than what I post. And there's more to other people than what they post, good and bad. Yeah, so true. And always accepting the person that you are and just working towards your happiness and your bloom. It's going to save you from actually getting pressures from the media. Yeah, but I would advise you, if it's, since you say it's a trigger, limit your time on the app. You can even set the, there's a, there's a specific, um, I don't know where exactly, but by the settings where you can decide how long you want to stay on the app. So, for example, in that in in one day, if you've reached the hour limit, it will kick you off the app. Yeah. So you can also do that, or you can obviously delete it for a while until you feel like you're fine, or not even get it back. I know people who have decided, ah, I'm done. I'm I don't want this app. Mm. It's done for me. You know, 
but it's very important to just focus on yourself and whatever is going to help you to be mentally healthy True. and stable. Because you also mentioned the whole thing of maintaining um, your mental health. Yeah. You know, you need to be mentally, mentally stable. So you need to always maintain that because I don't think it's realistic always staying positive because that's not possible. (laughs) I feel like that's not possible because there are those moments where you like F this crap. (laughs) You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, it happens. It happens. It happens. But with me, I always try to stay stay positive at all times. If something is not working out right now, I'll be like, okay, it will work out eventually if I keep trying. So by the time I'm like, okay, crap for the day, I'll be saying I'm done for the day. I'll continue again tomorrow. No, that's what I mean. What I'm trying to say is, you know, when people, when you always say stay positive, always be positive. (laughs) You're not always going to be positive. There are those days where you're going to be like, this is crap. Like where you just like, I'm not in the mood. I'm not okay. That's That's the the day where you're just not positive at all. (laughs) I think it's also okay to accept that this situation is not going accordingly. Because this thing of staying positive all the time kind of creates some illusion or something. Mm-hmm. That, oh, you know, sometimes you need to be honest that this is not working. Yeah, true. But don't always give up. You can just say it's not working and try another option. Or yeah. try a way of doing it. So my co-host has already mentioned um, the benefits of being mentally healthy, but she also listed some of the treatments or yeah, remedies of mental health disorders, but I'm just going to summarize that. So the treatments include therapy, medication, and self-help. So I already shared my experience when I went through depression, and the treatment that I um, basically resorted to was self-help. But I wouldn't recommend that for everybody. You know, but this therapy, medication and self-help therapy, I think that could really help opening up and speaking to a professional. I'm not talking about speaking to your mother. That is not the therapy that we are talking about here. But we're talking about um, seeking help from a professional who has been trained to deal with people that have mental health disorders. So they know exactly what to recommend and how to help you get through. They know their job, they know what they're doing. Um, The second treatment medication, there are people who actually use um, antidepressants, whatever it is, you get prescribed medication. So that's obviously when you go see a doctor or therapist, they're obviously gonna prescribe medication that will help you. There might be people, remember we also talked about the possible signs and Otterell mentioned that you might be sleeping too little or not getting any sleep at all. I know that sometimes when I'm too stressed, um, I run out of sleep or I struggle falling asleep or I don't even sleep. Like I'm basically half asleep throughout the whole night. So then that's where you'd need like sleeping pills. You'd need help for you to cope in that time. Um, Some people I know they binge eat or all these things. You might need some sort of medication to help you cut back or maybe help you lose your appetite so that you don't binge eat or things like that. So medication can also help you. And then um, we've already spoken about self-help really, but I'm just going to mention a few things of what self-help treatment is. 
um, self-help would be change of your behavior, change of your mindset, change of your surroundings, change of scenery helps. Like traveling or going somewhere to a different place really helps your mind. Being around your loved ones is another self-help treatment. That's what I mentioned also earlier that I wanted to be home. I wanted to be with the people that I loved unconditionally and knew that they loved me unconditionally as well. But because I had commitments to honor, I couldn't up and leave. But at that time, I wanted to be around my loved ones because I feel like it would have helped speed up my recovery process. And trust me, it does help. So that's another self-help treatment, like being around your loved ones when you're going through a difficult time. Meditation. There are people who actually do this, people who go uh, to the gym, people who do yoga. Those are also self-help treatments. Um, also, we mentioned that you might have a panic disorder. So one of the types of um, mental health disorders, we said a panic disorder where you regularly have panic attacks. So people who usually suffer from a panic disorder use meditation to calm down um, or those breathing exercises or those, yeah, basically that. That's another self-help treatment. You don't have to go to a therapist to learn how to breathe or to breathe in deeply, you know, you can just do that on your own. So that's a self-help treatment. And also, this is very important, having a support group. You know, if you're going through something or you're an alcoholic, they always say, find a support group. So find other people who are dealing with the same thing or same issue that you are going through and they can help you out. But also your, su your support group can be your friends. Like, for example, you've told your friends that you have bipolar and your friends decide to educate themselves on the topic and how to treat you or to treat people with that disorder. And then they become your support group. They're always there for you. They check on you, they're whatever. So your support group doesn't have to be people, doesn't necessarily have to be people who are going through that same mental health disorder as you. It could be just people who are not going through it, but are actually there and you know they have your back. Mm. But it would also be great to have a support group of people who are going through the same thing then it makes you feel that, you know, you're not abnormal. Aww. You're not cursed. This is something that other people face, you know? Well, with that one, if there's one thing that, um, if I fall into that, one thing that can be a bit challenging for me is that is opening up to maybe with a support group or having to go for therapy. I find it difficult to open up. Like, um. I feel like it's okay when I keep things to myself and then to open up to someone. At times I feel like I'm just so secretive and I don't want people to be knowing what I'm going through. So mm. it's a bit of a challenge for me when it comes to having a support group or having to go for therapy. But I know it's not healthy though. I know it's not healthy bottling up. I'm trying so hard to open up to the people that I trust. Yeah, and one thing is that in the Bible, it does mention that we were not called to live in isolation, but in community. Mm -hmm. So we need one another, you know. I know I also understand what you're talking about. Like, I feel you. I don't want people to know my business. <laughs> but which is why when I was going through what I was going through, I didn't say yeah. I didn't say. My mom knew, and obviously some of my family members, because my mom needed also to vent out to the people she trusted to help her pray for me. So, yeah, all these things. But my, in terms of my friends, 
um, I think only one knew. The yeah. others, they, they, they suspected that there was something happening because my behavior had changed. But there was one who knew for sure that this had to be depression. Mm-hmm. But everybody else didn't know that it was that deep. They just noticed that I wasn't myself, but they didn't think it was that deep. And I didn't tell them. Only after getting out of that situation was I now comfortable about talking about it, and which is not okay. Because mm. what if it got to the point of suicidal thoughts? Actually, it, I, it did to a certain extent. Like I thought about it, but I was like, nah, I'm not going <laughs> to kill myself over something like this, really. But then that's what I'm saying. We all have different problems. Some people, it gets to the point of suicidal thoughts, like hectic suicidal thoughts. So don't let it get there. Like you need to learn to open up. To vent. To vent. So now how are you how are you teaching yourself to open up? I try to talk with one of my friends all the time with everything that I'm going through. And during prayer, like we always have some sort of what can I call girl talk with my mom before we pray. So it gets easier to open up because most of the things that I'm going through, it's something that you went through. So when she tells me, that's when I open up as well. But there are just some things that I can tell her. I'll have to tell my friend. So it's just that one person that I trust that I can open up to. Then I know that I'll get the best advice without being judged. So this was quite an informative topic as we had said it would be. And I actually really enjoyed this, you know, and I hope that the listeners got to really learn something. And also I would like to ask for you guys to also take it easy on people out there. That is why they always say, you don't know what somebody is going through. So be kind to everybody. What I'd like to leave you guys with is a quote from a Bible scripture that says, guard your mind and your heart because everything you do flows from it so this actually means that having or maintaining a good mental health is very very important because everything that you do flows from it thank you guys for tuning in and i hope you guys enjoyed today's episode if you'd like to ask some questions or comments you can follow us on our instagram page which is at women underscore right or if there's a topic that you'd like us to tackle you can still hit us on the dms and if you'd like to be our guest on one of our episodes you can still tell us or dm us thank you guys i hope you guys enjoyed Mm -hmm.